everyone. Assalamualaikum. It's Fahan, and you're listening to the Nisa Invest Tea Talk podcast. Hope everybody's feeling good, ready to start your Friday. Alhamdulillah, it's Juma today, and we're here to recreate in podcast form what happened last year at my local mosque sister circle, where a few of us got together. And we were able to run a session on all things halal personal finance, whether it had to do with pensions, halal investing, or budgeting. We covered all of it. And at the end of the session, I asked my sisters to leave me with what further questions they had, so that I could cover it with you in podcast form. So thanks so much for joining me, and let's get started. So the question this week asks about credit card benefits. So effectively, what are the pros and cons of having a credit card? So very simply, often this debate, you know, on the one side you've got the pros of uh, getting a lot of points, uh, which includes being able to play for flights with them, that kind of stuff, and then on the con side is what's you hear, which is finding yourself stuck in a cycle of making minimum payments on a credit card and having multiple credit cards and being surprised by credit card fees. But what if uh, um, the sister asking this question um, knows exactly how credit cards work, and perhaps her intention is to use them like cash? So, what does it mean when someone says, "You know, I use my credit card"? As if it were a debit card, or as if it were in cash, it means that their intention is to pay it off in full every month. As a result, they don't incur any interest charges on their credit card, and they still make the most of any points, etc., that you get from it. The question then becomes: Should you still? Have a credit card if that's the case. So to start, I thought we could backtrack a bit and actually go through what the definition of a credit card is. And for this, I noted down um, two definitions from credit card companies themselves. So the first one I have it says the definition for a credit card is a convenient, flexible way of borrowing money. That lets you make purchases that you can pay for in the future, and the second one says it lets you buy something today, but put off the real cost until payday rolls around, so you don't have to wait. Now, as Muslims, you don't want to be subject to interest payments, of course, uh, or late penalties. But still, there is the concept of people choosing to use credit cards. Interest-free, meaning that they pay it off in full every month. It's just the convenience of having a single bill, as well as making the most of the points. But are they still worth having? Now, I came up with four main benefits of having a credit card, and we can just go through each one. The reason why I feel like the definitions were helpful is, in complete, you know, to be frank. I don't actually think the definitions themselves are that attractive, because it's saying that it's convenient and flexible, but it still tells you that it's a way of borrowing money, and it tells you that you can pay for it in the future. So the attraction there is pulling at the strings of you can have it today, you can have it now, irrespective of whether you have the cash in your account. But perhaps you do have the cash in here in your account, so. 
that definition itself is not relevant to you. And then the second one, it mentions payday and telling you you don't have to wait for payday, which is, I feel like, a pretty um, counterintuitive way of um, trying to convince people to spend uh, more money. It almost presents credit cards as if they were free money. So I thought we could just uh, delve in and go through the very first uh, uh, reason why uh, people find credit cards attractive. And it's, it was in the definition that I read out a moment ago and that it kind of smoothens out your finances over a month. So this is about using a credit card as some type of money management tool. So how does that work? It's effectively saying, you know, it's helpful to have an interest-free source of credit to smoothen out the spending over certain months uh, when you would otherwise end up in overdraft or you might have to take out a personal loan. So the, the argument is effectively telling you that credit cards are an interest-free way uh, if you pay them off in full to have access to be able to buy things and smoothen them out over your month therefore you're not kind of beholden to whenever it is that you get paid and that kind of stuff however i feel like that if the goal is indeed to use it as a money management tool there are of course other ways to get around that um without having to resort to a credit card. So I, 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 I feel that the issue comes when credit cards are almost seen as a cushion for life's ups and downs um, and as a way to kind of organize your finances. And I have to say that I love anything organization and I used to have a credit card which I used to use for personal spending because I like the idea of seeing it come out of my account, my main current account every month and it's a full payment rather than seeing this long list of wherever it is that I swiped uh, my debit card and that it was mixed in with all of the other payments like uh, into the savings account or um, whatever direct debit that I had. I just didn't like seeing the two kind of mixed in together because I like to keep things as simple as possible. And so, you know, I like the idea of my personal spending kind of being separate to my current account. However, the issue with that of using your credit card as some type of budgeting tool is that you kind of have the limit of how much you're spending is, is set arbitrarily by the credit limit. So the way credit cards work is that the bank that offers it to you gives you a credit line, which means that this is the amount that you can spend each month uh, and you have to repay it by this date. Each month now, the reality is that having a credit card is almost like a way of showing people how good you are at paying off debt. And we'll get into credit scores. But one big thing about this is that if you're using a credit card and for whatever and you want to have a good credit score, there is something called the credit utilization limit, which effectively is the percentage of the credit line that you're using and if you keep it below 30 percent that is a sign of good credit utilization so you're good at using credit 
And that is what affects your credit score. So in using a credit card, I had to keep in mind that, look, I can't use up the whole credit limit. I have to keep it below 30. So my credit limit has to be bigger. And you know what? I thought more about this and I felt like this was kind of just a waste of time. And um, subhanAllah, there are other ways of managing your money and getting these benefits of convenience of having a separate account that you can just spend on without having to think about how it affects your other um, budgeted items. And that's simply by opening a second current account. So that was effectively what I uh, ended up doing. So it was around the time when Monzo came around and you remember at that time people used to get invitations to join Monzo and skip a queue to get the account before everybody else. And so I, that's how I, uh, I stumbled upon having two current accounts and then I thought to myself hold on a second I could use my Monzo the same way that I was previously using my credit card and it ended up being an even better money management tool because I could pay myself the amount uh, for personal spending that I had budgeted for and I didn't have to keep in mind all this stuff about credit utilization limits and all of that. And so that was kind of my first point. Uh, oftentimes people say that one of the benefits of having a credit card is the fact that it allows you to smooth it over um, your finances over a month. Uh, but in reality, uh, you can get those benefits by simply having a second current account or whatever it is that you need uh, to separate your payments in what you feel is convenient and so that kind of brings me to the second point which of course you might say well Fahan, if you let go of the credit card you let go of the rewards and the cashback and we can get into this so one of the biggest advantages of having a credit card is the idea that whilst you're spending especially on things that you will be spending on anyway you also get the benefit of either a percentage cashback on your purchase or you might be able to collect points that you can later on redeem. But again, I had to take a step back because I thought to myself, is that really what I want to be good at? Is putting my energy in finding out how I can maximize the points on a credit card so that I could get the flight for free and that type of stuff uh, because you can get into a rabbit hole with this sort of thing and um, one of my philosophies when it comes to personal finance is that the simpler the better and you don't want to have your decisions be beholden to how many points you're able to get. You want to kind of focus on your your attention on this as little as you need so that you can spend more time thinking about the things that matter, which incidentally tend to not have a price tag to begin with. So that's kind of what made me feel good about the fact that I wouldn't be racking up loads of air mile points or get 2% cash back with every purchase that I make. But then, you know, the other argument is, but Fahan, you wouldn't be spending anyway. You wouldn't be going to the grocery store anyhow. So why wouldn't you just get a return, you, especially if you're paying off your credit card in full? Now, I love a good deal as much as the next person and I hear you and 
you know, there are two two prime examples here. The first one is about the groceries. <clears throat> so if you have your regular supermarket store, you don't need to take out a you don't need to feel like you need to get your points off of your American Express or whatever credit card that you use, and you most certainly don't need to take out a supermarket credit card. But if you have a loyalty card, which is that you swipe with every purchase, that's perfectly fine. Especially since nowadays, it's kind of impossible to shop without it. In particular, the Tesco Club card. If you looked at Tesco as a business itself, I mean, its club card program is the most attractive part of their business model. And uh, they're incredibly proud of it, if you've uh, probably guessed. And then the other one is about you know, the big purchases like travel, etc. And, and that kind of thing, where because we're aware of the fact that there are so many air miles that are available, especially if you sign up to a new card that they often give loads of bonus points and that sort of thing. My view on that is for me, it's kind of almost wanting to scratch the itch of getting a good deal. Uh, and <laughs> I have to admit that the way that I get around that is that I have two add-ins on my Google Chrome. I have the Honey one uh, and I have the Voucher Codes one. So that's just an add-in. So when you're at the checkout, you can click on the add-in button and eight times out of 10, I'm able to get some type of 10% discount on it. And so yeah, I get my 10% discount at checkout and I'm happy. Like I'm not looking for getting a free flight or all that kind of thing. And I feel that kind of brings me to the point about the kind of behavior that that encourages. And it's at its worst, it almost encourages a limiting belief in someone where you feel that the only way you can afford that flight is through points. And that's kind of exaggerating a little bit. So by that, I kind of mean that one of the things you want to protect more than anything is having a good positive relationship when it comes to, to money. And I, f I feel that one of the fundamental parts of that is knowing the value of something. And while it might not manifest itself in the price you pay for a hotel room or how much a, a plane ticket costs you, there will be a time where you have to, I don't know, pay a significant amount of stamp duty on a, per on a property that you buy. Yeah, you'll be having to make substantial purchases and there are no points, but you are able to negotiate a, a price of a house. Uh, and so I feel like those kinds of skills are perhaps better sought and trusting yourself in knowing what the value of a pound is and and focusing on that i feel that kind of encourages uh, more positive uh, behavior but there are also non-monetary benefits on the face of it that comes with having a credit card and that's number three that i wanted to talk about and this whole thing about credit card payment protection so credit card payment protection uh, dates back to uh, the 1970s in the UK and uh, it was a law that was put through called section 75 where it effectively says that your uh, if you bought something on credit the credit provider has to take responsibility for it as much as the merchant so what does that mean it effectively means that if for instance you bought trainers and the company that shipped it to you sent you to 
to right feet or something like that. Uh, and you had no recourse to go after that company and you bought it on a credit card, your credit card company might reimburse you for it. That's the gist around it. And this argument is incredibly powerful a lot when it comes to online shopping, where you might not know who the retailer is. And so paying it with your credit card almost gives you a sense of uh, relief or insurance. So that was one thing. Um, but then the second is also kind of related to insurance is that credit card companies often bundle insurance plans with the credit card. So by having a credit card, you also get travel insurance, for instance. And I find that, subhanAllah, if something happens on a trip, you want to know that you're kind of covered. And I'm always against getting a bundled or tie-in plan. I always uh, get my travel insurance separately. This year I've had an annual plan, but I also check for specific trips. So that's kind of mixes in the consumer protection point with the insurance point. But then there is an actual practical a third point that's related to travel that is more about the fact that somehow sometimes it's a bit more of a hassle <laughs> traveling with just a debit card or cash uh it's just by by hassle i mean that um there are some economies that rely so heavily on credit cards that they look at you like you're some kind of like you have three heads or something if you say at a hotel counter, I don't have a credit card, you can put a hold on my debit card. Uh, and when that happens, they actually take cash out of your account. So you actually physically see the cash come out, even though by the time you check out, it, it comes back. But of course, the hold can't work if you don't actually have the cash enough to cover for it. But of course, if you have a credit card, you don't feel that because you pay for what you use a month or so later, right? So that's the kind of other reason why some people might uh, feel like traveling with a credit card is uh, safer. But I feel that with this argument, uh, especially the insurance point and the consumer protection point, you have to think back to how credit cards came about in the first place. And they started in the two decades after the Second World War, when there was like a boom in, uh, especially in household appliances, and companies were thinking, we need people to be able to buy this today. We want them to buy this now. And the gist went that they were able to create a card that allows you to buy it today, and you don't have to pay for it. There's an interest-free period of maybe 12 months. After 12 months, you can, you can, pay minimum payments throughout this period or you can spread out the payments and that kind of stuff so that people would start you know getting the washing machine getting the uh, microwave and so on and what was tied up with these uh, expenses was warranty so you'll find that your credit card will cover you for warranty on household appliances as another like non-monetary benefit uh, for having a credit card or you might find that you know if you buy yourself an iphone you want to get it on your american express so that if something happens to it american express might cover it when i thought about okay 
How can I how can I counter this point? First of all, by having a second debit card, and by using that one, for instance, to shop online, you don't have to compromise the one where you pay your bills from, you、uh, you get your salary from. You don't have to compromise that account. You can just have the account for spending, for general spending, if you do want to buy exotic things online. Uh, that that's perfectly fine, and then second secondly, I kind of touched on on it、uh, related to the travel insurance. I feel like buying your insurance upfront and knowing the fine print will ensure that you are definitely covered for what your trip is. So now it brings me to the final point, which is almost kind of a universal one, which is. Saying that everybody needs a credit card because everybody needs to have a credit score or a good credit history, and getting a credit card is a way for you to show, to demonstrate you're a reliable person to lend to.、Uh, that's effectively what a credit card does. However, if you are paying for it、uh, in full every month, you you might feel like you know you're not actually borrowing any money. However, it is true that a credit score. Is at least part of it is a measure of how well do you repay back what you owe, and you know if you're weighing up the decision of getting one versus not getting a credit card, I find that the saying that prevention is better than cure is a is pretty a pretty safe、uh, thing to think about because you know you might say well Fahad I'm gonna pay it off in full every month which is which is okay I hear you that might very well be the case. However, it is true that if the opposite happens and you even miss a single payment, that will have a huge damage on the credit score that you your intention was to build more so than not having one ever did. And you might at this point is I want to get to what happened to my credit card. I just don't use it, but I haven't closed the account. However, yeah, if you do have an account open. Uh, one of the best things that you can do for your credit score is just keep it open, even if you just don't use it when it comes to your credit card.、Um, so perhaps if you're about to get your credit checked for something, perhaps it's more sensible to just stop using the card rather than、uh, closing the account in its entirety. Perhaps you're weighing up the decision and you're saying, "Well, I need to have my name on something because I." My name is perhaps not on the bills,、uh, or I don't have a record of paying for things. Now I'm gonna go out on the limb and say, if you have a phone, that's a contract that people pay for. I highly recommend that.、Uh, oftentimes, like especially when we're young, it might have been bundled with our family or that kind of thing. Getting that separated and getting your own SIM only deal is an excellent place to start. To to build a, a track record of you paying for things, and then also、uh, with any household bills, you can put everybody's name on it. It doesn't just have to be the person who、uh, whose account it comes out from. That will reflect on your credit、uh, history too. So yeah, trying to buy, a, a, trying to get a credit score, getting a credit card to improve your credit score, perhaps. It's not the best place to start. I I don't think it will get to the point where you'll miss out on a property because you didn't have a credit card. Now, why am I giving like all these reasons to counter all the benefits of 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 a credit card? And the reason why 
you know, personally, I feel that a credit card adds a layer of complication that if we strip all of this back, we can come to the conclusion that it might not be necessary to begin with. So despite these pros, I feel that fundamentally by using a credit card to purchase something, you're deferring that bill made today to the future. And with that, an element of value is lost. The feeling, you know, it's in my budget, I paid for it with cash that was in my account and as a result of that transaction the cash is no longer in my account. Credit cards rob you of that and I remember I heard this quote that said that the easiest thing to do in the world is spend someone else's money. It's like a really difficult truth to stomach but um, I feel that credit card companies definitely abide by this because they create a disconnect between you and you, the future you. So the somebody else's money is effectively just you a month, two months, three months, a year later. And the spread between that disconnect of when that bill ends up due is the value to the credit card company. And so for me personally, encouraging myself to not view the benefits that I miss out on not using a credit card as money that I've somehow left on the table really changed things for me because it is a fallacy. And what you want to kind of protect more than anything is your spending patterns and what they do for your behavior. Uh, because we know how crucial habits are in the final results that we get. And in its most extreme sense, uh, credit cards rob you from um, the feeling of delayed gratification. And that was effectively uh, the point that I wanted to get to uh, at the end of this episode, which is to almost pay attention to how uh, your spending patterns are impacting your behavior in a larger sense. So that was all I had for this week's episode. This was a really fun one to prepare for because uh, I felt like I was going into a debate with myself. I hope you've enjoyed uh, listening to this episode. Uh, this was the Nisan Vast Tea Talk podcast. I uh, will see you next Juma. Bye for now.